What happens when a preacher and a science teacher discuss today's world from a biblical perspective? You're about to find out. This is Beaker and Pulpit Podcast. Welcome to Beaker and Pulpit. He's Beaker. And you're Pulpit. And I'm Christoph. Carrie, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm alive and kicking, you know. Good. So, we're just going to pick right up where we left off. Yeah. Um, last week, we kind of ended with a couple questions. So, one, um, can Genesis be interpreted literally according to science? So, if the Genesis account is true, right, that's mm-hmm. the assumption uh, that we're going to start, or the premise we're going to start with, um, if that's true, does it work with what we understand of modern science? Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the original language uh, in Genesis chapter 1. And then we had this kind of question that that I think applies as, as we get further into the discussion, right? The theory of relativity. We know Einstein's theories were special relativity, general relativity, and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff like uh, what, we, what we call today um, uh, quantum entanglement, he called spooky action at a distance, right? So I kind of like that better than quantum entanglement because you can understand what spooky action at a distance means. Quantum entanglement can just leave me confused. Um, but anyway, the, you know, that's that first question. So can Genesis be interpreted literally scientifically? Does it work scientifically? No. Okay. No, uh, from a human. All right, let's move on. Um. <laughs> I know, I know. But from a, a, a humanistic uh, worldview, right. it does not fit into their timeline at all. There's just, there's just no way because, first of all, they start out at this earth as 1.8 billion years old, give or take, depending upon the um, uh, hypothesis that are thrown bantied about out there okay but we're out there at all these years and, and then you look at the timelines that they've created um, notice that it's man created these timelines they, they've created uh, epics and periods and things like this you know we've got the Jurassic period you know yeah that's when the dinosaurs were but humans were not there and but wait a minute we've actually had scientists who were atheists go to digs that had dinosaurs and they saw tracks, human tracks, fossils right. there. And they saw other people destroy it because they said, no, 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 we can't have these here. It didn't fit their presuppositions. It did not fit it. Fit it so they destroyed it. And so some of these atheists, they go, well, wait a minute. I saw it. It was actually there. Now, I want to I want to check this out. Right, and so they actually became Christians because of it. Oh wow! Because then they realized that that this whole timeline is all man made. Okay, it's not God made. So remember, we're a biblical worldview. So we have to look, view the world, view science through the lens of the scriptures. Okay. So by doing that. All those epics, all those periods, all those things, that's not there in, in Genesis chapter 1 at all. So they neither side lines up. Okay. Now, so that's scientific theory. But what do we know about scientific law? So let's, let's if we look at it, and maybe, maybe I'm 
throwing something, put, putting you on the spot here because I'm just throwing <laughs> this at you and not giving you time to think about it. But um, if we think scientific theory, the creation account doesn't line up with scientific theory in terms of you know how old uh, the Earth is supposed to be or um, that certain creatures or beings would have existed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about scientific law? So are there, does the creation account aside from God speaking something into existence. Um, but we would all agree, regardless of your religious background or scientific background, that something started everything. Yes. Right? There, there was this singularity. There was this event that started everything. Mm-hmm. What that event was or who that event was um, is where we may disagree. But aside from speaking into existence, so the... The um, term is ex nihilo, which means out of nothing something, right? That's what we believe God did, that he spoke out of nothing things to exist. Um, So if we can get past that in the discussion, are there scientific laws that are broken in the account of creation? Well, let's... Or to ask that question, maybe flip the coin, are there scientific laws that have to be broken in order for evolution to be true? Well, let, let me um, establish uh, a couple of things. And well, I'm gonna start from the humanistic point of view. Okay. Man has created, and I think this will tie in with your theory of relativity a little bit. Okay. We, all of us know what a hypothesis is. I mean, if we went to high school, and especially biology class, you should be familiar with a hypothesis. Sure. Okay. And as educators, we, we teach, we teach our students, it's an educated guess. And some people don't like that, but it really is because they don't like the word guess. Yeah. They don't like that guessing, but because it's supposed to be based upon research. Mm -hmm. Okay. So hypothesis, let's look at this. Hypothesis is, is the very bottom. Right. Okay. Uh, because it, it could definitely be wrong, and believe it or not, most hypotheses are wrong. Yeah, that's how you're figuring out the direction to go, right? Yes. And lots of times you identify all the wrong ways. Yes, right. and then, then finally they figure, okay, this is the right way. But on top of, if you're looking at hierarchical structure, yeah. hypothesis is here, and on top of that is fact. Okay. But an interesting thing... This gentleman, he he has his doctorate in ecology. He says, fact can be wrong. How can that be? Well, that's a good question. When I was studying biology, way back to the time when, you know, I had a pet dinosaur, so that's a long time ago. <laughs> when, when I studied biology, every plant must, it was, it was fact, they had to do photosynthesis in order to live. Okay. Now today, yeah. we know that's not true. Okay, but that that means that that wasn't a fact. Well, true, but at the time it was a fact. It was okay. So, and it so was the fact established can, and accepted fact, like yes. the Earth was flat at some point. That was the great scientific yeah. so, theory, so, or that the Earth was the center of our well. I, you couldn't call it a solar system if it was the center, but it was, 
right? The Earth was center, mm -hmm. not sun. That was scientific fact hundreds of years ago. So we discovered that that's not true. So we have hypothesis, we have fact, but on top of fact, we have theory. Okay. Now, so I, I asked this doctor friend of mine, I says, okay, you have theory above fact, because I, I didn't learn this particular hierarchical structure way right. back in the dark ages when we studied this, so, okay. Tell me about evolution as a theory then. And, and this was what he said to me. He says, men have tested it and proved it to be correct. Evolution. And I looked at him, and, and that's all he would say. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to go down that path. Okay. And, and he says, so that's really what a theory is. It's been tested and has not been proven wrong, let's say. And that's what makes a theory above a fact. It hasn't been proven wrong. Huh. I know, it's, it changes your mind. So when you talk about your theory of relativity, right. it's been proved, it's been tried, and it's been lab tested, yep. scientists approved, and nothing wrong yet. So your theory of relativity, you were asking me, well, why isn't that a, a law or... Yeah, so laws of motion and... Well, laws of energy. We, we, we have them, but it doesn't hasn't reached law status yet. Law is the very top structure here. Right. And a law, nothing negative. No, anything you throw at it cannot, it, it's always going to work, right? right? So we, we say the, the, the law of gravity. Yeah. It's a law. I mean, you're on Earth, everything, whatever goes up must come down, yep. okay? Unless an outside force acts upon it to keep it from coming down, it's coming down. An object in motion will remain in motion unless an unless outside force by an outside force acts upon it. Man, that's like 10th grade. I went all the way back there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's a law. So those are laws. Yep. And it was, it was interesting because I was, I was meditating on this. And look, Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, verse 8. Meditate therein day and night on this book of the law mm -hmm. so that it will be well with you, mm -hmm. right? So you'll prosper. Thinking. So the Bible, the Pentateuch, the first five books, because that's what they were in reference to. Yep. It's considered the books of the law. Mm -hmm. Has never been proven wrong. Hmm. It reigns supreme. God's word reigns supreme. That's why it is law. Okay. So now I'm kind of blending in biblical worldview yeah. with the humanist worldview. Whether they don't realize this part though, sure. That the first five books are law. Okay. Scientific law, Genesis chapter one. All right, I see where you're going with that. You see, I like it. Yeah, that law. Okay. Okay. You can, and it has not. They cannot prove that it's wrong. Right. They they've tried to prove that Genesis chapter one is wrong. Yep. But they can't. They have no evidence. And so, that reigns supreme. Right. And so, for us in our biblical worldview. 
those first five books are law. They reign supreme. Okay. And so there, there's no f- faults in there. There's facts, but there's not facts that can be changed. No, this is law. It works every time. Okay. Now, when you want to get into, are those days literal? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now, that is, that is a big, I won't say a big debate. It is a debate amongst Christians, amongst theologians, right. through those professors who have doctor degrees and they've studied this. What did you come up with as a day? What is the word day yeah, in I mean, the original language? What so, is it? So Moses, we know, was given the account of creation to write down. Mm-hmm. Um, that word is yom. So okay. we would we would spell that transliterated. It's Y O M. Um, it can have um, a variety of meanings, kind of at a surface level. But we know that the way, the tense in which Moses wrote that word, every time he wrote it that way, mm-hmm. meant uh, from sunset to sunset or sunrise to sunrise, a twenty-four hour mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. So the same way he writes that in the other four books of law, Mm -hmm. it is written that same way in the account of Genesis, in the creation account, yom means a literal, in that tense, means a literal 24-hour period. Okay. So, you're a biologist. Mm -hmm. How would it work? We know that the flora and the fauna, so the vegetation and animal life were created on different days in the creation account. Correct. So if Yom is not a literal 24-hour period, could one flora survive without the other fauna or vice versa? So in the day-age theory, right, each day represents an age of time Mm -hmm. because that word Yom in a different tense can mean like the day of king, whoever. Mm -hmm. And so that that can be a longer period of time. The day of the Lord isn't just a 24-hour period. Um, it could be a longer period of time. And so the arguments for the day-age theory are that it represents this longer period of time. But if you don't have animals to po- pollinate vegetation, does that vegetation survive? <clears throat> that, that's an interesting point. And since we're talking about this, can I... Give a little more long-winded roundabout. You use path. as much wind as you want. <laughs> so for for people listening here, Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, Elohim, the Lord, created the heavens and the earth. Verse one, right? So it establishes that God created heavens and earth, and the earth came to be formless and empty. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit of Elohim, spirit of the Lord, was moving on the face of the waters. This isn't day one yet. He's created things already. And the spirit of God is moving upon the waters. And it's interesting that it's talking about waters because... When we think about the earth, we're thinking of mountains. You know, we got the Rocky Mountains just to our west. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got the oceans and uh, we got the Appalachian Mountains. We got the Himalayans. We got the Alps. We got, 
you know, we got all these mountains, we got the ring of fire and everything. So we think about all this, but it says the spirit of God's moving upon the waters. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a, to me, it's an important point. Just hang on to that as we move on to here. In verse three, it says, And Elohim said, Let light come to be. Mm-hmm. And light came to be. Mm-hmm. So we see here that he creates light because you're talking about the 24 hour period. Mm-hmm. You're going to have light and you're going to have darkness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in verse three, that's starting to be created. Right. On, right. day, on day one. And well, be, it's called the first day because now there's the separation of light and darkness. And that's what we're, we're, we're talking about is he's created the earth and the water that's around this. Mm-hmm. We're going, hmm, okay. In verse four, it says, And Elohim saw the light and it was good. And Elohim separated the light from the darkness. And Elohim, in verse five, called the light day. In the darkness he called night. And there came to be evening, and there came to be morning. One day, day one. Right. So we know on day one, God created light. Mm-hmm. He separated the light from the darkness. All right. And that's just his work on day one. He spoke this into being. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's to me it's fascinating because our energy that we use to live is created on day one. This is what I mean. Photosynthesis is what plants use Mm -hmm. to convert sunlight into energy. Okay. And all animals eat plants or eat other animals that eat plants. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get our energy from. Right. Okay. So God on day one created the energy for us to survive. Okay. He has us in mind from the very beginning of time when he created the light because that's the energy. Which is where it seems like he created time, right? Yes, he created for our first day. Yep. Beautiful. Awesome. And then in verse 6, and Elohim said, let, us, let an expanse come to be in the midst of the waters. And this is what blows some people's mind. In the midst of the water, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And Elohim made the expanse and separated the waters, which were under the expanse of the waters, which are above the expanse, and it came to be so. And Elohim called the expanse heavens, and there came to be evening, and there came to be morning, and the second day. All the water that was upon this earth, he literally went in there, and he put water above which is our atmosphere. Our atmosphere, our yeah. heavens, yep. and our water below, which is not just the... They really, they didn't have rain. Not until the day of Noah, right? And then they had water underneath right. the earth, mm-hmm. under the firmament, and it actually came up mm-hmm. to water. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that we were all covered with water. So humans are made of what percent uh, water? I don't know. You tell me, you're the biologist. 70%? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. So just think about where we come from. Our energy, he's created. 
most of our being, he's created because we're made out of water. Mm -hmm. Hmm, interesting. Look at the pattern that he is creating things in mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. and I. Yeah. Beautiful. God's already thinking these things. Right. He's established. He's already established atoms. He's established matter. All of the laws of physics, he's, he's establishing. He's establishing the laws of chemistry right. already with the atoms and, that and the there molecules. there is water, right? That's chemistry. Chemistry, H2O. So hydrogen and oxygen are kind of volatile on their own, right? They can be. They can be explosive. Well, if you're thinking of salt, NaCl is, is definitely that way. Right, but just hydrogen on its own. It, yes. It's a gas, and it's like its stable state is gaseous, mm -hmm. right? But it oxygen, can be explosive. Oxygen, stable state, mm -hmm. like pure oxygen can be explosive. But you combine those in the right way. Yes. You get water. Yes. Okay. That's always been very interesting to me. Yeah, because see, they they were they experienced with hydrogen cars, but when they got in an accident, boom, oh, major explosions. They didn't like that. Right. Yeah. So they kind of get, move away from hydrogen cars here, because it's how they volatile, like you say. So so God is already putting all these pieces together mm -hmm. from the very beginning. Right. Okay. So I have a question for you because you mentioned the the light as the source of all energy. Yes. And I know that that is the sun. Mm -hmm. But the sun isn't really identified until the fourth day? Yeah. Day Correct. four. So the greater light and the lesser light that govern the day to govern the night. Um, so that, the process of photosynthesis, and if you think about it, like all energy comes from the sun. I mean, even the fuel in your vehicle, mm -hmm. right? The fossil fuel. Yes. In your vehicle, and I know we're supposed to hate fossil fuels now, <laughs> but you fill, most people still fill their, their car with gasoline, petrol, mm -hmm. depending on what country you live in, diesel, depending on what kind of vehicle you have, but it's all fossil fuel. Yeah. Those fossil fuel is l literally that, right? It's petroleum mm -hmm. that has come from the fossilization process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the, the death of animals. The death of mainly trees, living things, the death of living things. Um, but those living things mm -hmm. lived because of the energy provided by the sun, mm -hmm. the energy that we can then create from that extraction of fossil fuel mm -hmm. ultimately ties its source back to the sun. Let me let me throw in a Christian worldview right here at you. The scriptures say that God is light. And in him there is no darkness. Yep. Since he is the father of light, and now when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, now we become the children of light. Mm -hmm. So now our power comes from where? From our father, mm -hmm. who's light. Right. So spiritually, physically, everything we get from our father. Yep. He's establishing that. Okay, I just wanted to be able to throw that in there because sometimes we, we think of just the sun as our source of energy. Right. That's the source of our, our human energy. But as our physical, as our spiritual energy, as our inner man, our soul, the spirit that God breathed into us, yeah. he is that light that feeds it. Right. So there's our energy. Okay. The, from, for the inward man. Yeah. Establish it on day one. Right. Taking care of business. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what are your thoughts then? So we've got um, the greater light, the lesser light on uh, day four. You've got the water teeming with creatures, birds in the sky. Um, well, he, he made uh, dry land on the third day. Yep. So he, he created the land on the third day. So he established um, some mountains, some plains, but dry land he established. So the process is from out of the water, now he created the dry land, and now on the dry land, now he created plants. Right. And so that's going back to what you were talking about. The plants are food for us. Now, right. there are self-pollinating plants okay. who don't need help from other animals. So they can pollinate themselves and reproduce themselves. Okay. All right. Now, if you take the literal... But that's not all plants. Correct. Right. You take the, ver the, the literal version, God made plants one day, then... The next day, he he um, puts function in time. Then on day five, he makes the fish in the seas. And on day six, he creates the land animals mm -hmm. and humans. Right. Right. So he's, he's preparing all of this, and we are the last created things. Yep. Because he is creating all of this for us. He created the garden for Adam mm -hmm. and eventually Eve. So he created that there. So he's established everything for man ahead of time. Right. So where do you land on that day age theory that there could be this expansive amount of time, whether it's a thousand years between the days or millions of years so that it kind of fits in with the framework of what evolutionary science says could that happen, right? Could we still have the vegetation that we see today if there were a thousand years between the vegetation being created and, and the pollinating animals that come behind it? I, I personally believe that it's one day, like he says. Mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of, I'm in the, in the camp that literally believes it was a day mm -hmm. and God created all of this. When God created Adam, he didn't create Adam as a little child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let us make man in our image. Yeah, so he was a man. He created him as man. Now, the interesting thing is when I read that, I'm thinking Adam must be 20, 30-something, basically, if you're trying to compare him to our age now, right? Mm -hmm. He wasn't going to make him old, wasn't going to make him young. But now my son brought up a good point. In the Hebrew culture and customs, you become a man at age 13. Mm. That's kind of interesting. Well, you, so as I understand it, you start your journey to manhood at thirteen. Mm -hmm. In the Jewish tradition, you you weren't really listened to as a man that had enough experience to have any type of authority until you're thirty. So, which is why Jesus started his ministry at thirty. Is correct. the assumption. So somewhere in here, that's where Adam is was made. Mm. Follow what I'm saying here. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't made as a little kid, and he wasn't made as an old man, so he was created. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't he going to do the same thing with plants? He's not going to create a plant. Oh, I'm just going to create just a seed and let it grow and have to reproduce and everything. Mm -hmm. He says plants, and he made trees. Mm -hmm. Boom, full-grown, mature trees. Mm -hmm. Bushes, full-grown, full mature bushes, grasses, 
that way also. Mm -hmm. So all of this is already established in the garden when he places Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm -hmm. So they're already fully grown. So that, that growth cycle is not there yet. That growth cycle of, of, of being eaten and, and having to regrow and things like that hasn't really taken off yet. Right. So, but my belief is it literally does in a day. Now, I will throw this out there. Mm -hmm. And I believe David in the Psalms writes about this. About a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day unto the Lord. Right. And honestly, that has always stuck inside of me, mm -hmm. thinking, hmm. You know, if, if that were the case, do you apply it here so that it was a literal day, but for maybe for us, but for God, it's like, you know, it's a thousand years. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm... That's one thing I, I'm kind of working through. Those I have my own little hypothesis, if you will. Mm -hmm. In the end, doesn't matter. God's my creator. Right. I, I I I take him at his word here. Yeah. And uh, you know, so, but with that, God also established in the fourth day when He established the seasons. He established time as dates, years. That's when he placed the earth on its elliptical path around the sun, mm -hmm. places the moon's path around the earth, which creates the high tides, the low tides, which helps create weather patterns. It creates everything. Mm -hmm. But I'll throw a caveat in there is while it was there, we also had this layer of water above us. Right. Okay. Until the time of the flood. Pre-Diluvian is what it's called. That's your, that is your, um, your Bible college word of the day. Oh, the, right. The pre-Diluvian, the end, the anti-Diluvian periods. The, the one thing that I like about this, and, and this is what some of the Christian research scientists were saying, because of this layer of water above the earth, it acted like a, um, a speaker going out, but also receiver of sound coming in. Hmm. So that Adam and Eve and the people that were on the earth could hear the angels sing. Oh, wow. Because that, the way the harmonics and the water and all this stuff, this is how I... It's I, a pretty neat I, thought, right? Yeah, it really is. It's like, wow. Yeah. And now they can communicate with this. And you said, well, why don't we do this today? Well, because of what happened on the day that it finally rained. Right. And it took how many days the for... The canopy was broken, the spring... And that's, that's how many days it. water was raining coming down. Also, how many days from the water that underneath was coming up right my goodness that had to be a lot of water yeah so you think that if i can get back to the original question with the <laughs> couple minutes that we have left <laughs> so you believe that it's a literal 24 hour period yes um i don't know if we answered the question do scientific what we know as scientific laws now have to be broken or 
set aside in order for that account to be true? I don't think there is, right? There's no. I mean, obviously, you have this. There's no laws that are being broken because right. they don't really have. And any the reason I ask that is because you know when we talked about the Big Bang, we talked about the mm -hmm. law, the laws of thermodynamics. Um, the second law of thermodynamics being entropy, right? Everything moves from a state of organization to disorganization or organization to chaos. And that the Big Bang, had it happened that way, meant that chaos self-organized. There was this explosive force that would create chaos and from that, the organization of life. And so scientific law has to be broken at least twice for that to be true. Mm -hmm. But we don't see that necessarily in the account of creation. Correct. Right. It doesn't. That in and of itself isn't enough to say. Well, yeah, you should believe this and not this. But I, I look. I like to look at the logical evidences. Yes. Um, and and extrapolate from that um, other thoughts, mm -hmm. or maybe it leads you to other evidences and go. Okay. Yeah. Maybe this does make sense. Maybe there's some logic to this. And look, we're none of us were there. Correct. Right. So we're not going to be able to say with 100% authority, but we can say. And, and it's part of the scientific process. Here's, mm -hmm. the, here's the evidence. This is what makes the most sense. Yes. Right? And look, ultimately we have a faith, and so it's not gonna, going to be with 100% certainty that you say, okay, now I can believe in God. Right? Or now I can believe in aliens seeding the <laughs> planet with life. Right? Because yes. all of that takes faith, regardless of which one you believe or however many there are, where you, where you land on that. Um, but one of the things that may be outside of your specific professional purview, but it's, a th it's, a, it's an interesting concept that I came across as, as I was thinking about uh, special relativity and general relativity. And because you brought up the sun mm -hmm. and energy, I will ask this question and maybe it will carry into, well, it definitely will carry <laughs> over into next week. Um, but maybe we'll end with this thought. Um, I'll end with this thought and then you share you know, one of your last thoughts with us as well. But... Um, we all, even now, um, particularly with like um, the birth of like novels and science fiction and movies, there's a lot of uh, thoughts and um, entertainment value to time travel. Mm -hmm. But if we look at the theory of relativity, one of the equations that came from that is E equals mc squared. So that's mm -hmm. energy equals mass times the constant, which is the speed of light squared. And that's why we can see that um, the energy produced by splitting one atom is massive, even though an atom is so tiny, because right, the multiplier mm -hmm. is the constant. Mm -hmm. right? The mass of that atom is very small, but the constant is huge. Mm -hmm. um, and then you square that. And that's why there can be so much energy released. That's the equation that shows there's so much energy released when one atom is split. Um, but the idea of time travel is that you would have to travel, the theory is that you would have to travel faster than the speed of light in order to travel through time. Okay. Right? Because the space-time continuum, the constant is light. Mm -hmm. Um, so you would have to travel faster than the speed of light. If you do that, when you consider that equation, energy equals mass times the speed of light squared, if you're traveling faster than the speed of light, then times its mass, you go back to equals, the other side of the equation is energy. One of the laws of energy is the law of conservation of energy. There is a finite amount of energy in our universe. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change form. Ultimately, most energy... 
um, changes form to heat. It's released as heat kind of back into as the atmosphere. That's yes. right. But it can't be created or destroyed. Just see it in different forms. Mm -hmm. So the dinosaur ate a plant. It, had, it died. It's fossilized. We get fossil fuels. It's a pretty terrible illustration of that. But then that fossil fuel goes in your car, right? Then you drive your vehicle. The vehicle produces heat. The friction of the tires on the road, the brakes on the rotors produces heat, right? That's kind of a very simple illustration of that process. But in order to travel through time, if your speed is greater than the speed of light, then energy must increase exponentially, therefore infinitely, and it can't because there's a finite amount of energy in the universe, the law of conservation of energy. Therefore, you can't travel through time. I had a hard time grasping that initially. I don't think I fully grasp it now. But I thought that that was interesting because as we think about time travel, we think about changing the course of time. Like, what would you do if you could travel back in time? Would you prevent the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr.? Would you prevent the assassination of JFK? Would you prevent the assassination of... Abraham Lincoln, right? What would you do? What would you change? Um, if you change things, would it be for the better? Would it be for the worse, right? If God's, God has a plan, would you change things that affects his plan, mm -hmm. right? Could you change things that affect his plan? Um, so all these kind of theoretical, sometimes nonsensical thoughts, but the idea is that, well, you can't, right? If the law of conservation of energy is truly a law, then you can't. Now, I know that we can turn the page and get into you know, quantum physics and mechanics and go, well, maybe there's some things here that we don't understand yet that yeah. could make it happen. But anyway, I leave you with that long-winded thought. <laughs> we can pick up on that next week. What do you have for us as we wrap things up? You know, I think all of us reflect back on our life and think, I would have should have and could have done this. Yeah. And while if you would actually do that, go back in time and change things, you would change all of these whole lists of events that have taken place in your life. Some of them are bad, but some of them are pretty good. Mm -hmm. So just one change, it's a, it's a chain reaction of everything else in your life. Mm -hmm. So don't dwell on it because you're right. You can't get back there and change it. What you get to do is today. Mm. This is why we, we take care of today. God says, don't worry about what you're going to eat tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to wear tomorrow. Think about today. I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God says, I will supply that for you. So don't worry about that. Yeah. So then what are we supposed to concern ourselves with? What are we supposed to meditate on? Mm -hmm. Ah, Meditate on the word of God. That is the law. You'll make your way prosperous when you meditate on the scriptures. I would encourage anybody, everybody, I, every Christian, Read the Bible. Know it. Okay? I mean, I could say, yeah, I've, I've read Genesis through Revelations, I don't know, over a dozen times or more. Okay? Whoopee. The number. What it's about is, what am I doing? Am I reading the scriptures? Mm -hmm. Am I eating? When, I'm, when we talk about eating the scriptures, are we taking them 
and hiding them down into our spirit man. And then as we go through our daily lives, are we thinking about these scriptures and about how to apply them? Mm -hmm. Okay. That actually shows God the greatest gift of love because, hey, we trust you, God, so we're going to do it your way. Right. And you're spending time thinking upon him. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. You will know your purpose when you study the scriptures and eat that word. Yeah. And that is something that I see it every day. Young people, teenagers, they're so confused, so lost, trying to find out the purpose of anything. Mm -hmm. And they're missing the mark because you only find it in Christ Jesus. Uh, yeah, and that's a good encouragement for us to end with, I think, is that um, tying those two thoughts together, right? There are people that are desperate to know what fills the void in their soul. Mm -hmm. And if we are so worried about the responsibilities of tomorrow, we very well may miss the opportunities today. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Carrie. Look yeah. forward to next week. Awesome.